Welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones. Today we want to invite you to be part of our program as we continue on 1 Thessalonians, a verse-by-verse study in biblical prophecy, the rapture road. And today we're going to be talking about the catching away. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. We thank you, Lord, for giving us your word so we may have hope for the future and be blessed by knowing you better. We pray for all listening in, Lord, that they may grow in their relationship with you. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we are looking at the rapture road, that catching up verse-by-verse study in 1 Thessalonians. Today we find ourselves in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. Thanks for having me on. It's awesome. I always enjoy every week when we spend this time together. It's always exciting. God is always up to something with you. Oh, and you as well. Lord's busy. A lot of people are saying today that the church is waning. Uh, maybe it's not as uh, energetic in the West as it used to be, but the Lord marches on. The church marches on, and there's always a lot to do when it comes to serving Him. That's so true. And of course, Nathan, uh, just briefly, would you be able to share your contact information and what are all the wonderful things that Lamb and Lion is doing these days? Well, uh, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We are a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Folks can check us out on our website at lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. And on our website, we have a variety of materials we want to teach you about God's prophetic word, and you can learn about that on our website. Uh, we have many articles by our founder, Dr. David Reagan. We have our television show, Christ and Prophecy, social networks that you can join, a blog, uh, newsletter. Every other week you can get a newsletter updating our materials. So check us out on our website, lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org. Ooh, awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And Nathan, you guys have been conducting some wonderful interviews, and you're airing those. And I believe next is uh, Tim LaHaye. Yes, but uh, you can't pass up the esteemable Vic Batista, who is on Christ in Prophecy this week, along with Dr. Andy Wood. So uh, if you have a chance, folks, get on our website at landline.com. You can watch this week's episode of Christ in Prophecy. That has Vic Batista. We also air on TBN, the Church Channel, Daystar, the NRB, and online on LightSource and his channel. Wow, Nathan, now I'm getting nervous. All those places will air our program. Well, don't forget also uh, YouTube, Vimeo, and GodTube. Amazing. You know, Nathan, it, it's, just, <laughs> it's just wonderful, all the venues that we have to proclaim the gospel, right? You're not kidding. There really is. The Lord has made it today so that we have communication 
opportunities like never before. The Lord really wants to get the gospel out. And brother, you and I and anybody who's got any connection to the internet can reach people all over the world with the message of Jesus Christ's salvation and his soon return. So we're all web ministers. That's absolutely right. So we do. We want to encourage our listeners and our viewers, check out Lamb Lion. You guys, not for nothing, Nathan, but you do a wonderful job in placing uh, these teachings everywhere uh, in, in the social media as well. What we want to do is get them out to where people are. Where people are increasingly these days are on the Internet, social media. And so we're trying to get uh, all our materials out there. Plus, we don't want to put them all in one basket. You know, if our website goes, uh, something terrible happens, you know, we don't want to lose everything. We want it all out there where people can get it. And our strategy, our web ministry strategy, is to also reach people after the rapture. And we're going to talk about more about the rapture today with First Thessalonians 4. But we want to leave those materials behind for those left behind so we can lead them to the Lord even when we and the rest of the church are gone. What a wonderful segue, Nathan, as we look there at the rapture road, really, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And that's exactly what we're going to take off today as we are going to actually get into the rapture. So I'm very excited that you just share that because a lot of what we're doing right now is in preparation for the greatest event of all times that I believe is soon to come. Can you talk to us about that, Nathan, taking us through 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? Well, to get to the rapture part of it, that's at the end of the chapter. So if you want to address the subjects, uh, if we're going verse by verse, then we have to get uh, through verses 1 through 8, which is the next section, if you're interested. Absolutely. All right, let's read. I'm in the New King James, uh, verse chapter 4, verse 1 reads, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abandon more and more, abound, excuse me, more and more, just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, and we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. What a wonderful passage. Uh, You know, Nathan, one of the the things that I noticed, Paul was always admonishing believers to walk uh, worthy in the the Lord. He was always encouraging them to walk uh, pure and cleansed. Uh, And here again, we see the the, the walking. And it reminds me what it says in Galatians chapter 5, Nathan, beginning in verse 6. Galatians 5, 6, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things uh, that you wish. And and it appears, right, that that's exactly what, uh, again, Paul is saying to those in Thessalonica. Well, Paul really wanted them to, again, back in the context that they were new believers in Christ. They were a very young church. And they lived in a very worldly city. Thessalonica was a, a port town with a very worldly trade center. And so the people were just coming out of living a worldly life. And they didn't have the Mosaic Law or Jesus' teachings yet or anything Paul had just given them to them. So they're learning to what the word he uses, sanctification. Now, sanctification, uh, dictionary.com defines it as to make holy, to set apart, to consecrate, to purify Uh, to stand apart. So what he's telling the people is stand apart from the pagan lifestyle that rejects God and turn towards Christ and become more Christ-like. And that's what we are, brother. As soon as we get saved, 
we accept Jesus as our Savior, we begin the process of sanctification where we give up our sinful life and we become more and more like Christ Jesus. You know, Nathan, that is so awesome. And I really appreciate you saying that because sanctification is really something that is not taught that much. And it is a process of Christianity. I know Paul wrote to those in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 3, and he talked about the carnality that was in the church. And I believe, you know, when you're a baby Christian, there's still some carnality issues, but then we need to mature out of that and walk in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a friend of mine, he's also an evangelist named August Rosado, and his testimony is great because he shares how he got saved, he and his wife, uh, very young, and uh, he and his wife, or a girlfriend at the time, were living together. And they didn't think anything of it until they went to church and they heard a message about sanctification. And he's like, what? And he heard about sexual immorality. He's like, well, what's involved in sexual immorality? Oh, you mean I'm not supposed to be living with this woman before I'm married? We're not supposed to be having sex outside of marriage, whether with a man or your same sex or adultery? I'm not supposed to do that? And he didn't know. And this little church, they're young Christians. They didn't know. They grew up in a pagan culture that said, hey, you can have sex with anybody and anything you want. You don't have to be true to your wife and all that. And no, uh, Paul says, this is the will for God in your life. If you want to walk and please God, verse 1, then abstain from sexual immorality. Don't sleep with that person before you're married. Don't cheat on your wife. Stick with the Lord. And so it's very important. I think it's probably one of the biggest challenges for a young Christian is to learn to give up sexual immorality and live purely. And that is very hard for people, especially in our very sexually sin-soaked culture that we live in. But it's the same culture as the, church, the, uh, the town of Thessalonica. And we, too, need to abstain from sexual immorality so that we, too, can work on our sanctification and become more Christ-like. Excellent point. And, you know, Nathan, and that's why we want to speak to the young people tuned in and those that maybe will be tuning into a program at a later point. The message is still the same. God requires the same from the body of Christ, young, old, whoever it might be. And we understand today there's a lot of temptation because of social media, because of the phones, the handheld devices. And uh, we just bombarded with opportunities to sin and to give in to temptation. But yet the Bible tells us that if we walk in the spirit, uh, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And, you know, Nate, I always go back to uh, uh, Titus chapter two, verse 11, because it says for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us the denying ungodly and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and I just find that somehow Bible prophecy and living pure, they, they need to be tied together. They do, because the big picture is, is that someday we're going to be with Jesus Christ. And we have to give an account of our life. And we want to be the, the servant who was given the ten talents, you know, the, the parable that Jesus told, where he was given the money and he invested it and he used it wisely or excuse me, created 10 talents out of the money he was given. You know, we don't want to show up with God and say we didn't do anything with our lives. We never worked towards sanctification. We didn't use our spiritual gifts to, to bring other people to the Lord. And uh, it's interesting, too, that verse 8 says, Therefore he who rejects this does not reject man but God. Mm. And so, and it says, too, that even in our sinly nature, it, it's hard for us, brother. Sexual immorality is probably one of the hardest things that Christians face. As a matter of fact, Jesus even said if we look at a person lustfully, we are committing adultery in our hearts. So, you know, that gets rid of pornography and, and uh, you know, looking around and cheating on our spouses with our eyes. And uh, God says here he gives us the Holy Spirit. In other words, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and that helps us then reject 
that which is unclean. So if you're struggling with sexual immorality, give it to God. Pray to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment. Get out of that bad situation and continue your work of sanctification as you draw closer to becoming more Christ-like. Jesus will give you the power and ability to do just that. Mm, wow. What, well put. Thank you so much, Evangelist Nathan Jones. What a, what a, what a, what, <laughs> Did I get preachy there? But it's true. That's well. We, we, we need that. And that I, we believe that's what evangelism is about. It should turn us uh, to repentance, Nathan. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Excellent passage, too. Paul many times admonishes and exhorts the Christians that they should turn to the Lord and give up their sexual immorality, give up their impurity. And big picture, like you said, Bible prophecy, to become more Christ-like. That's our goal, brother. While we're living on this earth, we serve the Lord and doing good works, but we ourselves work on ourselves to become more Christ-like. Absolutely. And you know, Nathan, there, verses 9 through 12, also tells us in terms of life, how we should live. Will you take us through those passages? Yes, uh, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in all of Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your hands, as we commanded you, that you may walk properly towards those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. Isn't that a wonderful passage? Again, I see verse 12 there, the, the walking properly, walking in the Spirit, following after the Spirit. And, uh, and I love it, Nathan, because, you know, we are called to um, verse 11. I like that. To mind your business, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Stop gossiping. I, Christians are the worst at that, aren't they? Uh, no, we don't gossip. We just say, hey, the Lord wants... No. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we, Heavenly sharing. Exactly. We cover everything under that. But yes, I believe that is a word there in our speech. Uh, you know, a lot of times people just want to uh, get information for the sake of gossip. They're not really planning on doing anything about it. And uh, that is one of the downfalls, I believe, of Facebook and certain social media that is just laced primarily with gossip, people interested in what others are doing, but not really wanting to really build a good relationship to help people. And that's why uh, you and I, were the same. When we post certain things, we make sure that Christ is always first, right? <laughs> oh, that reminds me, you know, you tell your stories of your pre-Christian years in a street gang, and my uh, early college years, uh, I had a different type of gang. I was part of a gang of old ladies. Yes, I, I worked at a nursing home, and uh, a lot of the employees there were elderly women themselves. And brother, could they get around and gossip, man, during the lunch breaks and all, they'd sit and they'd gossip about this and gossip about that, and it was very negative, and man, I, saw, I found myself being drawn into it. And I actually, weirdly enough, being a guy, I became a gossip, and uh, I had a very negative outlook on things. And when I left that job, it was probably the best thing because I was like, whoa, what happened to me? So you don't have to be in a street gang to be dragged <laughs> down. You can be just in any type of gang that isn't living Christ-like, and that, that's wow. what we're seeing here. I, I can say Nathan Jones was in an old ladies gang, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real rough and tumble, huh? Hey, those ladies but can be rough. So <laughs> They can. You know, any influences that draw us away from becoming more Christ-like. And, and the purpose, I think, verse 9 says it right there. And yes. Paul uh, says the golden rule there, you know, 
uh, do unto others as you would have them do to you. In other words, Jesus said, love God and love others. And that's what he's saying here. You were taught by God to love one another. And when we love other people and like we love ourselves, then we're not hurting them. We're not slandering them. Then we're not being sexually immoral with them, which hurts that person. You know, we're not gossiping about them. And he also exhorts us, too, to, to walk properly, to work with your own hands. In other words, don't be a slacker, don't be lazy, don't live off the government or other people. Uh, you know, work for your food and uh, walk properly with those who are outside. In other words, be a Christian example. And you know what? He promises here that God will provide that you may lack nothing. Nathan, what a wonderful word of encouragement because there's many of us that we are in those situations and we just have to continue to do what's right, trust the Lord, work with our own hands, and rather than wasting time gossiping, investing those time, right? Yeah. Don't hang out with street gangs of old ladies. That's, there you go. But Nathan... <laughs> or at least gossipy old ladies. There's a lot of good old ladies out there. I'm not trying to disparage them, That's but. Well, and that's true. And I'm sure there were older people because they also had a concern with death. Right, Nathan? As we look at the following verses, right? What will happen to someone when they... Uh, what happened to our loved ones that have died? Maybe those that were older. Can you talk to us about that as we continue in verse 13 and on? Sure, but first I have to say, I'm impressed. What a wonderful segue. All right, let's go. <laughs> Verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. What an incredible passage, and Nathan, this is that... Uh moment of that catching away this event that we are longing for again talk to us about this uh because apparently there, there was a misunderstanding there of of what death was for those that have fallen asleep right that's what verse 13 is really talking about it is uh, there was a confusion uh, when it's the bible says falling asleep here it is talking about dying now our bodies are in the ground they're they're dead they're gone but our souls, our spirits, so, so to speak, are up in heaven, and they're given a new body. And also, the Bible calls it a sleep. It's waiting for that great day of resurrection when our bodies and our souls will be reintegrated. We'll have our glorified eternal bodies, and that's what we're waiting for that day. Now, the world lives without hope. They, they see death as an escape from the oppressiveness of life, but they also fear death. They fear that there's nothing past it, or whatever's past it is terrible. Matter of fact, uh, I think Japan, from what I've read, has got the highest suicide rate in the world because they believe that when you die, you just pretty much you don't exist anymore. You know, it's a, the Buddhist teaching, and uh, that's terrible for them. They they feel there's no hope for the future. They work so hard in the earth and on earth, but then they have no future in heaven. And here, no, Paul's saying there is hope. There's great hope. Not only hope, but verse 18, comfort knowing that one day, the, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a great future ahead of you in heaven with Jesus. 
Nathan, you know, this also reminds of the wonderful conf conference that you put together many years ago in terms of the uh, Hope Conference, right? And, and it is to let people know that there's hope in Christ. Things are difficult. The world around us doesn't offer much hope, but there is something in the Word of God that we can turn to, right, in times of darkness. There is, and, and it's tied into this concept called the rapture. If you go to verse 17, it reads, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, it's the word rapture, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now, the caught up in, uh, of course, the New Testament was written in, in Greek, which was the language, uh, the common language of the first century. And uh, the word is harpezo, and caught up is to harpezo. But when the Bible was translated into Latin, so the Latin Vulgate, it was a, the translation that the church used for 1,100 years, uh, caught up was translated into rapio. So that's where we get the term rapture from, which is an English angleized version of rapio, is rapture. So when I say the concept rapture, it's there in the Bible. It's to, we translate it in English to be caught up. It's just easier to say rapture. So what Paul's teaching here, and he teaches again in First Corinthians 15, is this concept of the rapture that one day Jesus Christ will return for all those who put their faith and trust in him, and he will take them up to heaven. And we know from other passages that this will happen before this terrible judgment of God comes on the world at a time called the tribulation, seven years of God's judgment on the world. Nathan, what a wonderful word of encouragement. And also, you know, a lot of people, they don't believe, uh, some believe that the church is going to go through the tribulation, also uh, don't believe in the rapture. Uh, but yet the Bible clearly tells us twice in verse 15 and in verse 17, again, Paul talks about those who are going to be alive and remain. And in verse 17, again, they, they who are alive and remain. And, and we see it's almost like an emphasis that there's going to be these individuals that will not taste death and they also will not experience the wrath of God, but they're going to be taken up in a moment in a twinkle of an eye, right? Well, exactly. And there's many passages that say that those who have accepted Jesus as Savior in this church age are not destined for the tribulation time period. Ephesians 5, 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Who are those who are disobedient? Those are the ones who have, accepted, have not accepted Jesus as Savior. Uh, we also are told then that And Romans 5.9, since we have now been justified by his, Jesus' blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Or 1 Thessalonians 5.9, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think the best verse is Revelation 3.10. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. So, Vic, there are a number of other passages I could read, but again and again and again and again throughout the Bible, Jesus promises that the church is not destined for his wrath. Sure, we face the wrath of man, we face the wrath of Satan, but the tribulation is God's wrath on the world for its sin and to bring a remnant of people, especially the Jewish people, to know Jesus as Savior. Mm. And brother, we yes. are not destined for that. Wow, and that's, that is so true, Nathan. In Zechariah, right, chapter 13, it talks about how national Israel is going to turn and see that whom they have pierced. And we see two things happening here, and yet the, the event uh, is going to happen so quickly that 1 Corinthians uh, 15.51 uh, calls it a mystery, right, Nathan? It does. It's a fantastic time period. I mean, just from this passage in 1 Thessalonians 4, we're told quite a number of things. Uh, for one, that... 
Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead makes it possible for Christians to be resurrected too. In other words, if Jesus didn't beat death, then there's no way we could beat death. So Jesus being the what first fruits, uh, the Bible calls him the one first to be resurrected from the dead and continue to you know live forever. That is the model for us. So because of Jesus' resurrection, we can be resurrection, uh, resurrected. We're also told that Jesus will come from heaven. He'll then stop in the clouds and he'll receive those who are raptured up from the earth. There we'll meet Jesus in the clouds and go up to heaven. Now, this is an important point because this is often confused the rapture with the second coming of Jesus, where yes. Jesus comes down to the earth, he lands on the earth, he defeats the Antichrist, the false prophets, Satan and their armies, and he sets up his kingdom. That's not what the rapture is. The rapture is different because Jesus doesn't come all the way down to the earth. Right. Excellent point. And Nathan, and that's why we pray anyone that is tuned in, again, you're tuned into Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophets TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, as we're talking about, about that catching away, the rapture of the church and how believers are going to be snatched up in a moment in the twinkle of an eye and will not even uh, uh, endure any of that seven-year period called the tribulation, which is the wrath of God. Right, Nathan? Exactly. And it's a, neat, too, because there's a lot of supernatural that's going to happen with this. Uh, we hear there's a loud command from the archangel. We know that's Michael. You know, Michael is going to, to announce something. He's going to say, maybe it's time or, or <laughs> time for victory. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to do that. There'll be a, a loud trumpet that calls believers up. It also says that the dead in Christ are resurrected first. Now, the dead in Christ are those who have died since from Pentecost up until that point. So, brother, that's your, the Christians who have come and gone and died and their spirits are up in heaven and their intermediate bodies, but they get to be resurrected first. They're reunited with their earthly bodies and given their what's called their glorified eternal bodies. And then we, uh, those who are alive, if it happens, you know, while we're still alive, right. then we get to be raptured as well. And brother, it happens so fast. It's it's like, it's like a twinkle in an eye. It's like a snap. It's like a thunderclap. Boom! You know, we're we're here one minute and gone the next. It happens that fast. You, and then we are taken to heaven. That's our destination. That's where we'll end up going. And so, brother, no wonder Paul says that this gives us hope. I mean, what great hope to know that Jesus Christ loves us so much that he wants to take us up to heaven to be with him. Wow. I mean, John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him uh, will not perish but have eternal life. And that's our ticket to heaven. It's Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, he is. I hate to think of him as a ticket, no. but you're absolutely right. I mean, he is our promise. He is our hope. He is our future. And what a great future to have. I mean, for those out there who haven't accepted Jesus as Savior, you know that you fear death. You know that it's scary. And you know that the Bible teaches in your heart of hearts that those who rejected God, as we read earlier, the disobedient are destined to hell. But if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you forgive, uh, your sins are forgiven, and now you're living a life for Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. And Jesus promises the rapture of the church, that you will take it up off this earth before his judgment comes upon the world. And not only his judgment in the tribulation, but his judgment to hell, which is an eternal punishment for our rebellion against him. Mm, excellent point. And that's why we want to talk to those of you that are tuned in. We want to encourage you to turn to Christ now uh, while there's still time. This is no coincidence that you are tuned into this program, but it's a divine appointment because God loves you, God has a plan for you, and also hope for your future. And Nate, just very quickly, will you be able to maybe lead someone into a way where they can start the relationship with the Lord even right now? 
Well, like you read John 3.16, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him, believes in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, shall not perish, but have eternal life. So surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And that heart change, that it's called repentance, that turning from your sinful life and turning to Jesus Christ, putting your faith and trust in Him, your sins will be forgiven. The penalty for your sins, which is eternal life and hell, will be gone. And you can have that hope of the rapture of the church and to be in heaven with Jesus forever. Mm, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful message, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we pray for those of you that have been tuned in and following, again, this study, The Rapture Road, that we brought you to that catching up and that it has been clear what awaits the believer. Uh, it's heaven. We're going to be heaven bound. And we believe this is an event that can occur uh, any, any moment. So uh, we want to thank you for being part of the program. And Nathan, can you believe our time is pretty much up for a segment? Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having us. First Thessalonians 4 is a fantastic chapter. I hope everybody reads it again. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And we want to thank you all for tuning in. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And look up because the Lord is returning very soon. Remember, you can always call us at 321 end time. If you're in need of prayer, 321-363-8463. May the Lord bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.